mental health, mental well-being. These are very important things we need to be talking about every day. But we all know that for a long time it was a taboo topic. Nobody wanted to talk about their mental health. And most importantly, when we as mothers are struggling, we wanted to keep it hidden because of the stigma that mental health conditions brought, but also because of the way people looked at us as being incompetent and unable to take care of our children. But research has shown that there's a huge proportion of people that are impacted by different things in their lives that has a toll on their mental well-being. Mothers are no exception, especially as we combine work and motherhood. I am Dr. Denny. I'm the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. Today's episode is one that we really need to talk about. It is talking about the mental well-being tips for working mothers. I'm a working mother and I know what it's like to actually be in a space where you feel terrified, angry, confused, probably not even having the ability to make certain decisions because you feel stuck. You feel like a dare in the headlights. Sometimes having an impact on your mental well-being can present in such a way. In some cases, you have mothers presenting in more severe forms, for example, deep depression or high levels of anxiety. I experienced quite a lot of that as I was grieving the loss of my father and, of course, going through an acrimonious relationship. And one thing that I found was that while we look at grief and think, oh, it just happened, you just lost your father, it will take time. And perhaps people are giving you a few weeks, a few months, maybe a few years. We all know that grief has got a long period and sometimes it lasts for a long time. Sometimes it depends on how we attribute the meaning we give to that loss that we have experienced. Secondly, if you have been in a relationship and it comes to an end, sometimes that's the end of it. But when you have children involved in that kind of scenario, it's a lifetime of the stress that you're exposed to. But how do you look at all those things, the challenges that you face, and still come through making sure that your mental well-being is intact? I'm not an expert when it comes to, oh, she is always calm. There are moments where perhaps stuff is hitting the fan, things are looking out the window, and I decided, no, I don't want this to affect me anymore. There are many times I was vibrating at a level of fear. Sometimes I would be so afraid to open the door or go out or go to places. It was terrifying. And sometimes I was really feeling so sad that I was going through all the turmoil. And you might be feeling that too. Or maybe at some point you were feeling that way. But you see, when you feel that way, that's your emotions, right? There are some higher vibration emotions that are not particularly where you want to stay. 
but they are definitely better than that kind of apathy and fear. And this is where I moved on to. I moved on to anger. My own way of coping with this was I got angry and I said, what is wrong with these people? What is the problem with them? And I got really angry and it served as fuel. It gave me the energy to get things done. But you see, when you are using anger as a fuel, it's great in the short term, but long term, it's bad. Why? Because your cortisol level is raised, your stress levels goes through the roof, your blood pressure goes high, your blood sugar goes out the window, you start to lose sleep, and your blood boils every time you see these people or hear about them. We all get moments where we get angry, and that's fine. But staying in that sustained space for a long time, that's not fine. And it impacts our mental well-being. So how do we navigate through the beautiful job of being mothers and also the beautiful job of doing whatever you do, whether it's your business or a nine to five or corporate work, whatever that is for you, how do you navigate the quarters there? One thing I found very useful that I and several other mothers have utilized is that ability to Open yourself up. Like I mentioned at the beginning, mental health for a very long time has been taboo. And it still is in, in a, to some degree in certain areas. There are some areas that are more liberal talking about it. And some areas they really don't want to hear anything about mental health or mental illness. However, it's very important for us to recognize something. Whenever you put a shroud on something, you cover things, you are preventing light from getting in. You're preventing hope from getting in. And when you're preventing light from getting into that thing you're keeping so tightly closed up, unfortunately, you're preventing life from helping it to grow. For example, you might be going through a challenge and maybe it's really getting to you. But for some reason, you feel that level of guilt or fear and you shut yourself in. You isolate yourself from others. You keep yourself shut down. You don't talk. You don't engage. The problem there is the stress builds up. When you open yourself up, and this is not you going on social media and saying, oh, this is my entire life history. This is you opening up and at least taking that first step. That step does not mean you need to go and meet the person who is harassing you, upsetting you, abusing you and say, oh, I'm so sorry. No, this is you opening up for any tension to get released. This is you opening up to allow some hope to flow through, perhaps by people's comforts or by words of advice, words of encouragement. And that's the reason why sometimes I feel this calling within my heart. Duni, I want you to go and put something on social media. This is what you're going to put a message 
for someone because you do not know who needs to hear this. And whenever I put such messages, whenever I have that feeling in my heart, someone would either comment or send me a direct message and say, oh, my goodness, I really needed to hear that today. You see, we are lights and we should not be hidden. We are lights meant to be put on a lampstand to serve as a beacon of hope and of progress for our children and for those around us. Whenever we are in a state where our mental well-being is not feeling optimized, we tend to shut ourselves down. We tend to cover ourselves and keep ourselves closed up. Your step of openness can start by joining a community. Your step of openness can be where you decide, okay, I would like to listen to this show. And for those who are listening, if you know of any mothers that would benefit from this, share this with them. Let them get to know that, look, motherhood is beautiful. There are challenges. The fact that you're going through a time that is very difficult and challenging, I want you to know you're not alone. Lots of other mothers are going through that too. How about we all come together and hold our hands and say, I've got you, sis. We can do this. Openness allows you to release the tension that is building up within you, causing your mind to go like a ping pong ball. Openness will help you see a path through that murky vision in front of you. So many times people are stuck like a deer in the headlights, like I described earlier, when they don't know that there is a way out of the situation. When it's almost as though everything is just dark and gloomy and painful, that they just don't want to move. They're in so much pain and they think any more movement is going to get them into more pain. That is so painful to hear and see. As a family doctor, I see a lot of that. As a coach, I see a lot of that. But wouldn't it be nice if we all could come together and say, hey, I think I can see positivity. I think I can see some motivation. I think I can see some clarity into my situation. Openness does that for us. So take one step at a time. It doesn't matter whether you're taking a baby step or a giant step. Just take a step. There is a lovely saying by Lao Tzu, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Your single step today might be listening to this show. Your single step today might be seeking an appointment with your health professional. Your single step today might be taking a break from all the things that you are doing. Just a moment. Just take a break and sit down and just breathe. That could be your single step to open yourself up. Number two, very useful tip that I have used and so many other mothers have used is it's one of my favorites and it's something that we need to talk about a lot more. It's called gratitude. You might say, yes, gratitude. Yeah, it's good to be nice and to say thank you if you were 
brought up saying thank you when you receive something, um, speaking to people who are older than you and being grateful that they are taking the time to speak to you. That's awesome. It's good to be respectful. It's good to be um, nice and gentle and thankful and all. But a time comes in your life when you may have experienced so many challenges and you can't see the reason why you are grateful. So many times you go through certain things and you're like, why am I even grateful for this? This is horrible. This is horrible. I can't even imagine anything worse. I'll tell you a little story. Um, the other day I was speaking with my mother and we were talking about this lady had been carrying this burden for a long time and she had a vision where she felt Look, I'm, I'm, I've had enough. I don't know what to do. I can't even move forward. I, I feel so um, incompetent. And I, th- I think I'm giving too much that I can bear. And so in this vision, she had the experience of seeing God. And he said, oh, sure, come on in. Um, Here's a big room. There's so many other burdens you can carry. And she said, sure. And she puts down her her burden that was shaped like a cross and there were so many other crosses for her to pick and so she saw one that was looking very small and cute and she said oh wow that's great and she picked it up and very surprisingly it was heavy even though it looked small it was heavy and she could hardly walk with it so she put it down and went for another one now this one looked slim and long and she thought oh you know what by the time i take this there'll be some even distribution of the weight of the cross on my back so it wouldn't really affect me the way the first one was affecting me so she took it but she found that it was spiky and after she tried a few more there was always one thing or the other and then she picked up another one cross and then she started walking with it and she was oh yeah i think yeah this this seems perfect for me and god said do you know what this cross that you've just picked that you said is perfect for you is the one that you came in with The moral of the story here is there are many times we're going through challenges and we don't understand why we're going through them. However, the things that we go through make us who we are because when we go through these things, we are building character, we are building resilience, we are building the tools that we need for a higher position, a higher dispensation. It is good to be grateful for the things that are good and the people who are kind to you. But when you're faced with challenges, it is harder to be grateful. That is why this second tip is so important. When you are in the morning, when you wake up, be grateful for the new day. Be grateful to the people that you meet. If you're someone who goes to the coffee shop in the morning, Be grateful to the person giving you the coffee. Be grateful for the ability to work. So you're grateful to yourself for the ability for you to work, to earn enough to buy the coffee at the coffee shop. It might seem like a small thing, but it's not. And for the person that does something mean to you, it might be hard for you to be grateful to them. And I'm not going to say you must be grateful to them. There's another way you can look at it. How about you be grateful for them? Be grateful for them. Because the fact that they did the things they did, 
They created the situations that is causing you challenges at the moment, is building you up, building your resilience to the point that you can utilize the experience, the tools, the skills you have learned to move forward. As painful and as sad as the death of my father was, as painful and as sad as the abuse I went through, through uh, an acrimonious marriage was, I will not be who I am today, speaking to you and encouraging mothers all over the world on speaking engagements, coaching seminars through my courses, through this show. If I did not go through those things, I would have just been the regular family doctor, seeing my patients, taking care of my children, saying hello to everyone, maybe being very quiet in my little cocoon. I would, I never dreamed that this is what I will be doing now. And I still don't know where I will be later, but I want to be able to touch the lives of those who perhaps feel that sense of helplessness or hopelessness because of the challenges they have faced. And if telling my story can help them, I am grateful for the negative, the painful, the challenging experiences that I went through. So the second tip to help our mental well-being is gratitude. And just a little bit of science. When you express gratitude to people, you release a chemical. There's a chemical that is released. First of all, you're expressing gratitude, say to people, and one thing I love is expressing gratitude to my children. Oh, that's so good. Because when we do that expression of gratitude, my children don't just say, oh, yeah, sure, you're welcome, mom. No, they don't end it there. They actually go into that holding hands or cuddling or just, you know, having some form of physical contact. That, of course, helps with hormone release as well, right? So some bonding, the oxytocin, the, the, the endorphins of joy. I've just made somebody happy, the uh, serotonin. So all these are chemicals. Now, this is not to bamboozle you with names of chemicals, but these are the things that you need to be circulating at levels that optimize your mental and emotional well-being. That is why gratitude is so important for your mental well-being. Okay, I'm moving on to the third tip, that mental well-being tip for working mothers. Now, this is very important for working mothers. You know why? Because I'm a working mother myself. And when a working mother knows these tips, she can not only teach her children either by direct instruction or through her behaviors, because children are always watching you. They observe what you do and they copy it. Okay. But she would also teach her colleagues at work. She would teach her friends in her social network. She might even teach the parents of her children's friends. I mean, so a mother that is Learning this is not just learning for herself. She's learning for quite a few people. Okay, so I don't take this lightly at all. So this third tip is my favorite. <laughs> and you might wonder why it's my favorite, because it, it, it kind of embodies who I was, who I lost, and who I finally found. And that tip is being playful 
Oh, I love that because being playful is so important. We think that when we become adults, we need to be all serious minded. We have to do things a certain way. We have to go to work, get there on time, do the work, get out, um, maybe keep working to make the boss happy. We think that it's all about that seriousness. And the only time there is anything that is not serious is maybe they say, okay, come to the club or something. And even then, you can't even relax. You're under so much tension. But we can start the playfulness from now. You don't have to ingest anything to be playful. Being playful is in our DNA. If you want to see an evidence of that, just put a child somewhere that is safe and watch that child. They will look for something to play with or something, someone they would like to play with. They are always looking for an opportunity to play. And if you perhaps have stayed too long doing adulting and you've kind of lost that connection to your inner child, just spend a few moments just sitting on the floor. Now, I say sitting on the floor because that's so good. It kind of helps to ground you with your children, especially if you've got toddler children. You just enjoy that moment where they are just showing you the different levels and the different ways to play. So. What I've found is when you bring play into your everyday life, it releases stress. It relaxes your system. It allows you to focus, get things sorted, get things done, and achieve much more. So not only are you productive, your well-being is enhanced. Isn't that fantastic? It's so good. And because of that, I want us to recognize something. Being playful is a tool and a tip that you need to incorporate. (laughs) There is a beautiful quote by um, Bernard Shaw. It says, we do not stop playing because we get old. We get old because we stop playing. I love that quote so much because, of course, I love to play. So why not? Okay, so. Look at yourself. Look at your life. Let's do a little bit of an audit. And you might do this with me right now, or you can come back and listen to this episode again and do it maybe when you've got your journal and just that you can take some notes and just do a bit of a proper audit. Just look at the different aspects of your life, whether at work, if you do, if you work. So in work, what are some things that you can infuse some play into? Okay. The second one is, have you got a business? Okay. In your business, what can you do to infuse some playfulness into it? Perhaps you want to um, put some gamification. Okay. Uh, where your clients maybe take part in some lucky dip and it's all exciting and there's music and everybody is picking out the names. Everybody likes that kind of situation where there is some excitement. We are all wired to enjoy excitement. Okay, and then you look at yourself at home. At home is a bit uh, multifaceted as well, because at home you've got uh, the relationship with your children, because, of course, we're mothers. So your children will be there. Your child will be there. What's that like? What's the dynamic there like? How can you infuse play? Now, that one is quite good. Because if you've got younger children, they are more open to play. Maybe if you've got teenagers, they might be like, like, seriously, mom. 
what do you think? What do you take me for? I'm not interested in playing with you. You know, whatever that that response might be. But there are certain ways that you can actually infuse some playfulness into that relationship. And if you are married or you have a partner, what is that looking like? Okay, what? How can you be more playful in that part of your life? So do a bit of an audit today and see how you can infuse just a little bit. Remember what I said at the beginning. I said the journey of a thousand miles starts with the single steps. Wonderful quote by Lao Tzu. And so you don't have to say, you know what? Couples dinner um, every Friday movie night, every Thursday park play, every Saturday picnic day. Every Sunday, vacation. and No, no, no. You don't have to take all those giant leaps. And you don't need to destabilize your whole schedule. We all know how busy we are. We know how busy it is combining work and business and children and everything else. So because we know how busy it is disrupting everything is going to just make everything crumble and fall. (laughs) But if you were to take one step and take another step and relish in that one step or half a step you think you've taken, that is fabulous. So these are things that would help your mental well-being as a working mother. Okay, I remember during the pandemic, um, there were so many things that changed. Um, There were some things that that were not particularly great. Um, Lots of lives were lost and lots of things happened. But in the midst of all that, there were some lessons learned. There were some positives. And what I found was that when we look at that grim type situation and we focus on how grim it was, our mental well-being went down. But when we start to look at that situation, But look through and see the light or recognize that we are the light. Things start to unfold. In the heart of the pandemic, I was homeschooling. Now, I have never homeschooled children before. I was not homeschooled. So I did not know what it was like and I did not know what it entailed. But after one week of homeschooling, my children said, Mommy, this is a brilliant idea. I think we should continue like this. And I said, no way, you're going back to school (laughs) when school opens. And while, of course, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to have homeschooled my children during that time. And I'm also grateful for the interactions we had, the bonds we built and all that. I am also aware that the playfulness that was brought in really helped. So what we did, and this is, it may, may sounds very simple because I was also working from home as well. So I was working from home and homeschooling at the same time, like many of us mothers were doing. So in the morning, they'll wake up as usual. I would wake up, they'll get ready, have their breakfast, blah, blah, blah. They carried their school bags. Now I had workstations for them. So at their workstation, they had some work from school. So each of them had a device that they could work on and they'll pick up their school bags 
And then say, oh, mommy, we're going to school now. And I'll say, all right, darling, bye-bye. And I'll hug and kiss them. And they'll go to the front door. They'll walk to the front door and then um, pause for a while and then walk back and say, hello, teacher. And I would, oh, welcome. How are you? Now, the other day, my son runs up to me. Hello, teacher. And he gives me a kiss. I'm like, hmm, Joe. <laughs> you know, that was so funny. So we made it like fun. Even though it was a very simple thing, how long did that take to do? A minute or two. But that set them, that playfulness set them up for a fun-filled day. So being that um, playful does not mean you have to go into a level of silliness. It doesn't mean that you need to lose control of yourself or completely break your schedule. It just takes one little thing. Okay, and if you're running out of ideas, you can ask your kids. They are so good. They can always tell you one or two things that you can infuse. I love brainstorming with them because they come up with brilliant ideas. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? That is so good. Okay, so we learn from each other. We learn from experiences. We learn when we take these steps. These things are best done in a community. So I'd like to invite you to just come join the community. I will put a link in the in the comments. Come join the community. Be a part of our discussions. Be a part of our uh, encouraging each other, the motivations, the questions, the hand-holding. And those moments where we just feel, you know what, come. You need a cuddle. Come on. You've got this. I've got you. You know, you never know. Who needs to hear what you share? Who need, who will be inspired by your story? So do not give up. Do not shut down. So I'm just going to do a quick recap of the three tips I've shared today that are to help working mothers with their mental well-being. Number one, opening up. Okay, opening up. Number two, expressing gratitude. And number three, being playful. I hope this has really been of service to you. You've gotten some nuggets. Feel free to come back. Don't forget to look through and do an audit because that would definitely be a game changer for you. I know it was a game changer for me. These are things that just are mind-blowing and they really do help. Even though I've got like stress here and stress there and stress there. Using these tools helps to fend them off, okay? Uh, it's really, really helpful, all right? So I hope you've had a great time listening. Please don't forget to leave a review. I'd really appreciate hearing from you. And until next time, I ask that you stay well. Mm-hmm.